Well, welcome, Coastline family. How are you guys doing today? Amen. It's always good to hear you guys enthused. It's nice to get out of the rain and the cold, come into this warm place to worship the Lord. How many of you guys are looking forward to Thanksgiving? Eating till you can't eat no more, taking a nap, watching football, whatever you do. Man, I'm praying that you guys have an awesome time of giving thanks with your family and your friends this week. Um, one of the things that we started kind of as a tradition over the last, I think it's like three years now, is just kind of setting aside a time to uh, make sure that we're giving thanks in the right place. Because I was just reading it today in James 1. It tells us that um, every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, who, who doesn't change. Like basically his character is always good. And so if there's good things in your life, it's from God. And so we want to make sure, you know, in, in the season where we're, you know, focusing on giving thanks or thanksgiving, that uh, we're taking the time to praise the one that ultimately all those good things are coming from. And so um, we set aside, the, we're setting aside this whole Sunday, and that's all we're going to do. That's kind of the theme. We want to give thanks, and we're going to do that a variety of ways. We're going to spend some time worshiping God. That, that is the way we praise and give him thanks. Uh, we're going to hear testimonies of people um, that are going to share things that they're thankful for that God's done in their lives. And maybe there's going to be some open time. If, if you have something to share really quick, like five minutes or so, you can come up and share that. Um, I'll kind of guide you guys in that. And uh, we're going to share from God's word too, because this gives us so many reasons to be thankful. And as I was kind of praying leading into this Sunday... I was really thinking like, you know, I, I didn't want to have like a, a very firm agenda, but just kind of like maybe something the Lord would give me to kind of guide us through our time together. And um, there's been this song that's really been ministering to me. We're, I think we're going to sing it later. God bless uh, my brother here who's been working on it for me. But um, it has to do with uh, the names of God. Now, if you guys know your Bibles pretty well, if, if you've been a believer um, you probably understand that there are several different names used for God in the Bible. And what I mean is in, in the English translation, it might just say God, it might say something else. But in Hebrew, uh, it actually means something specific. And one of the reasons that it's like that is because in Old Testament times, a name wasn't meant to only identify somebody. Like it wasn't like, oh, my name's Chris. Um, you know, just so you could call me Chris, there would be a meaning behind the name. Like, so my name, Chris, I think in it's Latin or Greek, I'm not sure. It means Christ bearer. So there's a deeper meaning to it. And, and the names would be indicative of a character of people or, or, or basically they would reveal the personality or nature of the one who bore that name. And as such, what we see throughout scripture is we see God basically revealing himself to you and me through his names. And so studying those names is actually really important because it helps us better understand just who our God is. And one of the reasons that's important is because knowing who God is gives you reasons to basically be hopeful because these are all positive attributes, things he wants to do in your life. So it gives you a reason to be hopeful. And then when you see God actually come through and do these attributes, show these characteristics to you in life, it produced thankfulness in your life as we see those come true. And, and basically all that is experienced through this relationship we have with God through Jesus Christ and what he's done for us on the cross. And today throughout the service, we're gonna give thanks to God in this time of Thanksgiving, but we're also gonna look at these names and then have people come up and share um, how those names, like how God has shown those names and the attributes they represent to be true in their life, which should give us all reason to praise him. So um, the first name I want to talk about seemed appropriate, kind of leading into this time of thanks, is Jehovah Ra. So Jehovah Ra, that's Hebrew, okay? And, and that word Jehovah, it means the existing one or Lord. And it comes from uh, the Hebrew word hava, meaning to be or to exist. And it can also carry the meaning of becoming or to become 
known. So the idea behind that word is that God is constantly revealing or making himself known to us. And then the second part of that word, that was Jehovah. So the second part, Ra, basically means shepherd in Hebrew. A shepherd being someone that would take care of like sheep or take care of flocks, protect them and, and tend to them. And so that word Ra uh, can also mean friend or companion. So an accurate translation of Jehovah Ra would be the Lord my friend or the Lord my shepherd that name basically showing us the type of intimacy that God wants to have with you in, in the relationship he's made possible. And the place we see that word used, or one of the places, is Psalm 23, 1 through 6. We, we read this last week, but I'm going to read it again. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, or Jehovah Ra in Hebrew. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me Besides still waters, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness, righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So as we discussed last week, if you were here, in Psalm 23, the writer, David, is reminding himself in the midst of going through the valley of the shadow of death or going through something hard, a trial in his life, that God is his friend, that God is his shepherd, that God is the one taking care of him in whatever that hard thing is. And today in this place, I would remind us that that God, that same God, Jehovah Ra, is wanting to continue to reveal himself to us that already know him as our shepherd so we can have an even more intimate or closer relationship with him and he's also wanting to reveal himself to anyone that has come here today that doesn't have a personal relationship with God. Because you can have that relationship, even if you came not knowing who he is, you can leave here with his presence in your life through believing the good news about his son, Jesus Christ. And that good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The reason we're perishing is because we disobey God. We're born with this nature to do the opposite of what he says is good and right. And God gets to define what's good and right because he made everything in this whole entire universe. And when we disobey what he says is good and right, that is called sin. And sin separates us from God. God created us to have fellowship to have a loving relationship with him. And when we disobeyed him, because he's perfect and right, he can't be in the presence of anything that isn't without judging it instantly. So our sin caused us to be separated from him. But God loved you so much and, and did something that you could never do in your own power because we can never live perfect. Anyone here that's being honest is not gonna admit that they are perfect. They have done things wrong. And the only way to be brought back into that relationship with God is to be reconciled and have your sins forgiven. And so God sent his one and only son, Jesus, who was equal with God, God in the flesh, to live on this earth a perfect sinless life. Only he could do that because he was deity and he was human at the same time. He lived a perfect sinless life died a sinner's death on a cross, not for his sin, but for all of our sin, so that that just price could be paid in full for every sin we've ever done, every sin we could ever do. And that is the gospel. That is the good news. Amen. Because of that, if you believe, if you receive that gift of salvation through placing your faith in Jesus to save you, instead of trying to save yourself, you will be what the Bible calls justified or made just as if you had no sin and you'll be forgiven and made right with God and his spirit will come and live in you and free you not only from the penalty of sin but the power of sin 
where the Holy Spirit's inside of you to help guide you into what's good and right and to give you the power to live so you can experience the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God that he desires for you in your life. Amen? Now, another part of that good news is that Jesus didn't stay dead. He proved who he was by raising from the dead three days later. And then he ascended up to the Father and he's sitting at the right hand now. And one day he's coming back. And whether we go to him first or he comes back, that is a day we are all looking forward to. Amen? So, my encouragement to you today is if you haven't received Jesus and you are not experiencing that intimate, close relationship that God desires with you, today is the day of salvation for you. You can believe that. But for us that have believed it, this relationship we have with God because of Jesus is the greatest reason we have to praise him. Amen? Amen. You don't sound too excited about that. We're going to praise him right now through worship, so hopefully we can get excited about it, all right? So I just encourage you to dwell and remember your salvation and what God's done for you because that truly is the greatest thing to give thanks for in this Thanksgiving season. Yes, Lord. We give you a round of applause, Lord, for this great work you've done in saving us, Lord. Something that we've been being reminded of as we go through Romans, this was no small task. It was a great sacrifice that had to be given, the greatest sacrifice. You gave us, gave us the greatest gift you could ever give us in being willing to give your son. And we are forever thankful and grateful for that gift because it has given us life. We were dead in our sin and we've been resurrected to life. And what that means is we get to live forever with you in heaven, Lord. And that is what we look forward to. We're so thankful that you're here with us now, but we look forward today that we're with you face to face and that salvation is culminated. And Father, as we dismiss our kids to class, we, we want them to know you. We want them to have the same salvation, the same glorious, re, to receive the same glorious good news that we have, Lord. So as they go back to their classes, would you open their ears open their eyes, help them see you. Anoint their teachers to be the mouthpiece, the, the bearer of the good news that you've given us in your word to these kids so that they can know you and receive that truth, Lord. We pray for that for them. So bless them as they go back to their class. In Jesus' name, amen. Kids, you are dismissed. The rest of you guys can sit momentarily as we go through this Next name, the next name I wanted to share with you guys is uh, Jehovah Nissi. Again, that's Hebrew. And this name of God is used in Exodus 7.15, where it says, Moses built an altar and called the name of it, the Lord is my banner, or Jehovah Nissi in Hebrew. And so just some context, this occurred where God told them, or where, where Moses built this altar and named it and used this name for God, this occurred just after the Israelites defeated uh, the Amalekites, uh, a surrounding nation that, there was their, that was their enemy in battle. And it's a battle basically that when you're reading it, there's no way they could have won it in their own power without God's divine intervention. And so a banner is like was like a type of flag that they would fly on a pole like you'd have opposing armies and they'd have a banner that had a insignia for that country or that tribe or whoever it was that was fighting and it gave the soldiers kind of a focal point to rally around to knew, know where their their troops were you know stay close here this is the front line if you will and it was kind of meant to be an encouragement a, 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 a source of hope because as long as that banner was still flying they knew they were still fighting, okay? That they weren't necessarily losing the banner. So Moses in Exodus 17 understood that the Lord was Israel's banner, or he was the one he wanted everyone to focus and rally around. He was a source of hope and encouragement because ultimately it was God that was fighting the battle for them, all right? He was the reason for the miraculous defeat that they experienced against their enemies. So in like manner, it's God that wants to be to you and me a banner of encouragement, a banner of hope. 
He wants to be the focal point in your life for you to look to and rely on, especially when you're facing adversity, that there's no way you can get through it in your own power, your own might, your own understanding. God wants to be that Jehovah Nissi that you rely on to fight your battles. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to invite a young woman up here that has been fighting a real hard battle her whole entire life and had to rely on God. So I'm going to have Natalie come up here and share with you guys. You can give her a round of applause. It takes a lot of guts to come up here and share and be praying for her as well. Good morning, everyone. Morning. Jehovah Nissi. That's where I met God deeper than I knew he existed. Hi, my name is Natalie. I had my first seizure nine years ago. During that time, I was about to enter my senior year of high school. During that time, I had goals and dreams that were suddenly put on pause during my figure out, during my trying to figure out epilepsy. During that new unexpected time of medical tests, numerous specialists and unanswered questions, I realize now that that is where I met God deeper than I knew he exists. I have drug-resistant epilepsy. My seizures kept increasing in both intensity and frequency. I was living a daily hell of seizures, symptoms of unshakable fear and impending doom. And he has been there in the deepest valley. Fast forward to this year, the Lord opened a door and the places that the seizures were stemming from were actually located in my left temporal lobe, amygdala and hippocampus. I got a temporal lobectomy and now have at least 50% less seizures and symptoms. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, he is also higher than I knew he exists. So that 50 percentage does mean I still have some seizure activity. It does mean I am suddenly trying to find a new way of living life. Finally getting out of my own bubble. This is where I am still realizing that God is deeper and higher than I have ever expected. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is our banner. James 1, 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Whether we find ourselves on the mountaintop or in the valley, God is who he says he is, Jehovah Nissi. Let me pray for you, Natalie. Lord God, I just lift up Natalie, and Father, it's been, it's been a, 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 a hard thing to watch her battle as long as I've known her. But it's also been an encouraging thing to see her faith in you and her just always being hopeful in, in your word and in your promises and never giving up that hope, Lord. And I know that it was a miracle in itself that any relief was possible when she got that news, Lord, because up to that point, there was nothing that they could do. And so, Father, we, we praise you for giving her some relief, Lord, but we continue to ask that you would give her complete relief. And we're thankful that... In this whole time, you've been her relief to a huge degree, Lord, the one that keeps her going, keeps her enduring, that gives her the strength and grace that she doesn't have in herself. And, and just even I think of how you've given her the gift of worship and praise, Lord. So in those real hard times, she can just lift up the truths of your word to remind her of the things to be hopeful in, Father. And so, Father, we just continue to ask. We continue to pray. You, you said we have not because we ask not. So we, we pray that you would continue to heal this, this precious daughter of yours, Lord, and give her the grace and endurance to be a testimony for you, being that banner in her life, being that 
focal point for her to rally around, to, to rely on to fight this battle, Lord, as long as it's going on. And may there just be great fruit from that as she's an example for us and you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 That's all right. Yeah. Let's continue to worship because the reality is God wants to be that not just for her, but for all of us. And we all have battles daily, right? And it's a reminder, maybe even some of you came in here and she's a great reminder of you're going through something hard and maybe you're trying to battle it on your own and you feel frustrated, you feel tired, you feel discouraged and you got to shift that battle over to God. You got to rely on him to be the one that fights it for you so that you can have that same hope, that same encouragement, that same endurance that can only come through God. Amen? Let's worship him. The next name I want to share with you guys is Jehovah Jireh. This name's used in the Old Testament by Abraham on Mount Moriah when God interceded and provided a sacrifice other than uh, his son Isaac in Genesis 22, 13 through 14. If you guys know the context of this, God had made this promise to Abraham that uh, like, basically the world would descend from him or like, like, like a bunch of people, there'd be a great nation that would come from him and uh, the Jewish nation basically. And so he, he finally, after waiting till he, like in the old years, like around 100 years old, he had to wait that long and God gave him a son. Isaac was the son that, the son of, that God promised him. And then God says, I want you to take your son and I want you to sacrifice him, which took a lot of great faith on Abraham's part to do and, and listen to that. But he showed that he was obedient to God first and foremost and they trusted him because he knew that, hey, he's either gonna resurrect him or he's gonna do some miracle here. He's gonna provide something else because this is my descendant. This is who this great nation has to come through. So he trusted God at his word. And it says in verses 13, 14, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide or Jehovah Jireh in Hebrew. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. So right before he's about to like sacrifice his son, God's like, no, no, no. I know, I know that, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but I, I know that you're a man of faith, that you believe in me. And he provides this, this sacrifice. And Matthew 6 tells, goes, Jesus goes on to later tell us that it's God that provides everything for our lives, all our needs. Whatever it is that you need in your life, and God knows better than we do what that is, he will provide it. So he wants to be that Jehovah Jireh that we're not worrying about our needs. We're not worrying about, you know, how we're gonna pay the bills or we're not worried about food on the table. All, all these things we worry about so much, God just wants you to know that he is the one that's gonna provide that. And just as a child looks to their parents to be the provider so they don't have to worry, God wants to be that same thing in our lives. So now's an opportunity for somebody here to share uh, an, an instance of where God's shown himself to be Jehovah Jireh in your life. He's provided for you, maybe in a miraculous way, like with Abraham. So if you don't come up, I'm gonna call on you. So um, no, actually I'm not. I, I have a backup. But is there anyone that would like to share a testimony of God providing for them? Maybe even in a miraculous way where it was just obvious it was God that did it. Yes, all right. Let's have our sister come up and share. Yeah, 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 if you want to. It's on, it's on right now, yeah. You, whatever's coming. Good morning. Good morning. I would like to share. Uh, this past October, I was a three-year breast cancer-free. And since then, uh, my son-in-law, which you guys know, Keisha and Zach Womble, uh, he came to Tennessee and they moved me out here. My husband passed away. She is the only child I have, so that was my family. And uh, since I have been here, 
I have realized that if I'd have stayed in Tennessee, I would not be here now. Since I've been here, Nikisha got me to doctors and they couldn't figure out what was wrong. And finally they said that I had an enlarged spleen and it needed to come out. I had qualms about this. Um, a lot of people my age that do have their spleen removed, it creates a blood clot <clears throat> that goes to their heart and that's usually what gets them. And um, so I refused. I kept saying, no, I've got faith in the Lord that he will take care of me. And the, out of five doctors, I had one that kept insisting that I go and have it removed because it got so big, I even missed some church because it hurt so bad that it even hurt to walk across the room. Well, they found out that I had cancer in my spleen and my blood. As of last Friday, I think it was, mm -hmm. I took my last chemo treatment. Amen. And I go the 20th for a CAT scan and a ultrasound to make sure it's gone. I know it's gone. I have faith that the Lord has healed me. Mm. <clears throat> and I just wanted to share this because without, without the Lord in my life, I don't know what would have become of me. And I love my Christian family here. Mm. Amen. I have met so many people here, and I thank all of you so much for your prayers. They really do help. Thank you. Let's pray for you. Lord God, we just lift up our sister, and thank you for her testimony of your faithfulness to provide in her life, Lord. Uh, just when like it appears the door closed, like her husband passing away, you opened up a door and provided her a loving place to come and live with her family, with her daughter and their family. And you've provided for her needs, Lord, her needs to be taken care of, these health issues and stuff. Because she's come here, she's able to get everything she needs to be taken care of, Lord. And I agree with her prayer that... Lord, we ask that uh, this cancer would be gone. We ask that these treatments would be successful. We ask that when she goes in to, to get the follow-up tests, that, Lord, um, every, everything would be okay. And, and, Lord, we ask this for your glory, not ours. Like, we ask that it would be in such a miraculous way that the doctors are left confounded and, and can't even explain it. And it can be an opportunity for for my sister to testify to you and your faithfulness to answer her prayers and to take continue to provide and take care of her just as you've had, Lord. So we lift her up and may we be here to be alongside of her and encourage her through this whole entire uh, battle, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Well, that's worthy of worship as well. So let's continue to worship the Lord. And just really think, if you're in a place where you need God to be your provider, this is an opportunity you can cry out to him. You can ask, Lord, I, I, I'm tired of trying to provide for myself and everything that, 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 all the trauma and all the discouragement, all the worry that that brings in my life. I just want to look to you and you cast that care to him knowing he cares for you. Lord, I just even sense now that as we are singing those lyrics, to you that that's something your Holy Spirit's just ministering and speaking to some people in here right now specifically you're asking them to, to draw closer to you so you can draw near to them that's a promise in your word maybe it's that person that's kind of been standing outside the church and just kind of looking at these Christians and not knowing what it's all about, but understanding there's something there that's attractive, Lord, and that attractive thing is you, Jesus. You've brought them here today. You've called them, and you're giving them a chance to respond right now. 
And all they have to do is cry out to you and, and acknowledge what they've heard earlier that they need you to save them from their sin. They need you to be Lord of their life. They're tired of lording over their own life. That's not working. And as soon as they do that, you'll come in. You'll respond. They'll be forgiven of their sin. They'll be made children of God. And your spirit will come inside of them and be with them for all eternity, Lord. I just pray that right now, if that's us, maybe even for some of us that know you and our relationship with you isn't where it should be because we, we have let other things get in between us and you or we're neglecting you in some way. Just even as Brendan was talking about earlier, just our priorities are out of whack. Maybe, maybe you're helping us understand that we need to go back to our first love and do the things we did when we first got saved and keep you at that highest place, that highest priority, Lord because we want to be in that, that closeness. We want to sense your presence. We want to follow where you're leading, look to you to empower us. But may we just be humble and respond right now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can take a seat. The next, next name I want to focus on is Jehovah Rapha. Rapha means to restore or to heal or to make healthy in Hebrew. So combined with Jehovah, it means the Lord who heals. And it speaks of our God being our ultimate physician. Yes, he's given us medicine and we're thankful for that, but one way or another through either miraculous means or through natural means that we have in this world, it's God that heals us. And he wants to be that one that we look to, to to heal us, whether that's physical or emotional. It's not just physical healing, but when we're suffering from hurt and pain and sorrow and, and frust, um, bitterness, all things that we, we are conditions that God wants to save us from in this world, it's him we need to go to for help. Um, in the Old Testament, in Exodus 15, 26, it says, uh, he said, if you will, this God speaking, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what was right in the sight, in his sight, obeying his commands, keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you, which is Jehovah Rapha in Hebrew. In, in the context of that, basically it was the Egyptian sin that brought these consequences on themselves that led to these infirmities, which that is a consequence of sin. Sometimes it's physical affirmities, sometimes it's emotional. But God was saying, man, just, just follow me. Just listen to me and you'll be spared from all of that because I'm the God that protects you and keeps you healthy. Um, and so uh, what I'm gonna ask is for the Schultz to come up because they had uh, a marriage that had some really hard emotional difficulties going on because of some trauma they'd gone through. And they very humbly asked uh, at the, our last leadership conference for us to pray for them, just for the Lord to intervene and heal their marriage. And God has done that in a miraculous way. So they're going to come up and share about that. That's a Cliff Notes version. So. You're the one with notes. He's talking, not me. <laughs> uh, so I just felt like I wanted to share this. It's just lyrics to some, a song that the Lord put on my heart this morning. Um, as we're sharing part of our story, it just fit. Um, God is in this story. God is in the details. Even in the broken parts, he holds my heart. He never fails. When I'm at my weakest, I will trust in Jesus. Always in the highs and lows, the one who goes before me. God is in this story, and that's the most important thing to take away from all of this is that it was all him. Um. I told her she was the one that needed to talk, not me. She's a lot better at it. Um, so we wanted to share a little bit of our story. Um, the last, what, eight to ten years, we... We're married, we're happy, but we're not close. Um, 
part of that was due to uh, my drinking. Um, I have, what, six and a half years sober now. Um, but, and, yeah. praise, praise him for that. It wasn't anything I did. Um, it was all, it was all him. Um, he just showed me that what I was doing was going to destroy what I had. So, he took it away. Um, then, about two years, a little bit before two years, um, after I quit drinking, we lost our daughter, B. And, It shattered us. It this is why I wanted her to talk. <laughs> There's no way to really explain the hurt um, and the walls that be, were built between us because of it. I mean, we're we're walking through it together, but at the same time, we're not, and we've just slowly drifted apart over time. So at the last leadership conference we went to, um, we both, she asked for prayer first, but I'd asked for it from a few brothers and confessed stuff to a group of guys that I don't even know. Um, and we had, what, 30, 40, 20, 20 people come around us and pray. And I just remember that afterwards, her telling me that it's going to be a process, and it's going to take it's going to take time for the Lord to heal us, um, to get us back to a relationship where that we wanted. And I didn't have that feeling at all. I felt like it was going to be like the Lord uh, at Jericho, like He's kicking the walls over, and our Lord is awesome and mighty, and if we just ask, He can do it. He can knock, knock down walls and restore us like that, and he did. The last since since then we're <laughs> thanks, Eddie. Since then, in, in the last what? It's been six months almost, not even five months. We're closer than we ever have been in our marriage, and we've been together for a while. <laughs> <laughs> something else he wants to share really quick but um yeah at the leadership conference the the lord was just speaking to my heart and the bitterness that i had from the alcoholism and the walls that i put up um because of that and then the miraculous healing from that and then um we started to you know put some windows and doors in our walls and we're communicating better and then we lost b and i put up walls and i just we were okay but we weren't good and uh, and I just at the conference it was a lot of um, um, just repentance and asking and, and forgiveness um, was talked about and I just felt like the Lord was telling me um, Isaiah forty three eighteen and nineteen says forget the former things do not dwell on the past see I am doing a new thing now it springs up do you not perceive it. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in a wasteland. And when we lost B, I, I just put up walls and insulation and more walls. And it just separated us more and more. And, and God was just saying he's doing a new thing. And not just in our marriage, but in our church and in our families. And um, he's doing a new thing. And... Um, the other thing was Zechariah 4.6 has been um, really big this last year. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We can't do any of this without the Lord. That was all. Okay. I don't want to read this part. Uh, so something that I was praying for at the leadership conference was um, for the Lord to change me because... I felt like the, the issues we were having were all my fault. They were, like, I helped her build the walls. I pushed her away, and not in a mean way or anything, but I just felt like it was all me. So I 
I was praying almost the whole time that the Lord would just change me, change my heart, and um, he did towards that, but he did so much more. Um, I've always felt like we've been coming here for, we've been coming to Coastline for 17 years. Um, this is a church where you raise your hands when you worship, right? At least most people do, some people do. I don't. And I've always felt like I'm supposed to. And there's been so many times where um, whoever's up here leading worship will say, yeah, why don't we all stand and raise your hands up? And if everybody's doing it, it's okay. But I was always the one in the back going, you good, Lord? Or put my hand like this. So at the leadership conference, the Lord really spoke to me and said, are you going to worship me or not? Am I worthy of, of your praise? Am, am I? And since then, I can't worship without my hands up. So for the next song that Brendan does, I want to ask everybody to stand to your feet. It's going to be super uncomfortable. But I think we should all have our hands up like this because he is worthy. He's, he's healed our marriage. He saved me from alcoholism. He's blessed us with so much it's not even funny. And it's all by his might. Yeah, sure. Oh. And yeah, just back to that. I get up here. The the day after we got prayer, I woke up and I looked at my husband, and it was completely different. I there is no explanation, but I I see. I don't see any of that past anymore. I just see him and the future, and um, the healing was just unexplainable and miraculous and and it it's been five months and it's still the same um, and it's only because of him so amen let me pray for you guys Lord God we just thank you for Beth and Ben and Lord what an example they are of just I think of where you say we have not because we ask not sometimes Lord, we just, we forget the simplest, the simplest uh, truths of your word when we're struggling. We, we forget to just involve you. We forget to ask. We, we sometimes doubt the miraculous that, you know, can, can you really heal something that feels so broken or, or like when we feel so far gone, is it something you can really do? And Lord, there's nothing that's impossible for you to do. Uh, we're thankful for the fact that even when we don't see the healing in this life, that we're guaranteed to see it in the next, that there will be 100% healing of any infirmity that we suffer, physical or emotional, when we're with you. But in the meantime, Lord, you're a God that hears us and answers us. And what a great example these two are. So as they continue to move forward in this union where you've made them one, and you intend for it to be a blessed marriage, Lord, would they continue to be changed for the better? Would they continue to allow their minds to be renewed and conformed to the image of your son? And in the process of that, may they just be used by you to bless each other and bless their kids, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, let's give praise to the Lord. That is worthy to worship him for, that he is our healer. Lord, even now, if there's anyone here that needs you to intervene and heal them, Lord, just even as Ben and Beth called out to you that day and, and humbled themselves, just to ask the brothers and sisters to pray for them. Maybe, maybe you're even leading somebody in here to do that, just with whoever they came with or the person next to them, just... to humble themselves and ask, can you pray for me? I'm struggling with this bitterness. I want to be healed from it. I'm struggling with this pain. I want to be healed from it. I'm struggling with this sickness. I need the Lord to intervene. And you can do that. You can just tap the person on your shoulder. Maybe you don't even need to tell them the details, but just say, can you pray? And you can just pray right where you're at, quietly. Just take a moment. Let the Lord just 
minister to us, if that's for us. Lord, I just lift up these people that in humility are calling out to you right now. Lord, may you just come through for them like you did with the Schultz. May you just answer prayer. I remember when we were praying for them and you gave me that vision of the walls of Jericho just tumbling down. It wasn't, it wasn't something that the army did. Actually, when they excavated that archaeology, archaeology, whatever the word is. Years later, they found that those walls fell outward, which was definitely a miraculous thing because if they had been knocked in by an army, they would have fell inwards. And I'm just asking, Lord, for these people calling out to you that like it was you on that day that came through for your people and knocked those walls down that you would answer their cry for healing, Lord, and do the same for them. We praise you that one day when we're with you, that healing will be complete. But right now, we're just asking, Lord, in accordance with your will, that you'd intervene. In Jesus' name, amen. The last name I want to share is Jehovah Shalom. You guys can take a seat. Shalom means peace or absence from strife in Hebrew. And it's a name used in the Old Testament. It's, it's uh, by Gideon. If you guys are familiar with that guy, he was the Lord. The, the Lord told that he was going to use to defeat uh, a huge army of the Midianites that were oppressing God's people. And that direction that God led or gave him at first didn't give him peace because this was a guy that was hiding in like a wine press and, and like, you know, not he was the unlikeliest of people for God to call to lead an army, but God gave him reassurances that basically brought him peace through what God spoke to him. It says in Judges six twenty two through twenty four, then Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord, and Gideon said, "Alas, Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face." But the Lord said to him, "Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die." And then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace or Jehovah Shalom in Hebrew. And I couldn't help but think as I was reading that how sometimes like Gideon, we, we face trials and we ask for the Lord to take them away, but he doesn't take them away because as we've learned in Romans, the hard things we go through are, are what God uses to actually make us like Jesus, to show his love to us, to, for him to bring us through them unscathed, Right? And so there's good things God's doing through the hard things, but as we just spent several weeks in Romans 8 and learned, God's given us every reason to still have peace in the midst of the hard things we face. So even when he doesn't come through miraculously and just take it away, which sometimes he does, but even when he doesn't, he's still given us all these promises so that we can still have, as Philippians 4 calls it, a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's, it's not based on us understanding the situation. It's based on the God that loves us that's in charge of the situation. And so I'm gonna ask Nikisha to come up and, and share about some trials she's gone through that the Lord hasn't necessarily taken away but been able to give her peace in helping her endure through them. So go ahead and come on up and share. Okay, okay so um, the Lord is good enough that I just pray that through my words this morning that um, my hardship is not what you take away, but that the glory of God is what's magnified by the things that he's, he's taught me through um, my past history into the current. Um, I came from a, a background of abuse, lots of trauma. Um, the Lord has taken all of that and turned it for just so much good. And I'm amazed that our level of hardship, um, you know, it's really particular to us and our journeys and our trials, and that just kind of speaks to God numbering our days and knowing us each so individually. Um, so uh, just a little bit of background, my son Jackson has autism. Um, he often does not sleep. Um, I'm here on one and a half hours this morning, um, and I'm standing, and I also got to love on some of your babies in kids' ministry, um, and so he just you know, we know what that's like to have no sleep. So he got me here and it, it's his strength that um, I'm, I'm standing. 
Um, we have, uh, Jackson has a lot of GI issues. Um, I believe my mom might have shared some of her testimony earlier about her cancer. Um, Jackson having autism and not understanding what that means. He's um, been in a season of fear. The enemy's, you know, trying to, I, I'm sure, work on him. He's very limited in his communication. Um, so he's very, you know, we need to be together. If anything goes wrong, we need a doctor, um, you know, and so it's gave me so much opportunity to minister to him, to pray, to when he sees mom not doing well, to stop in that moment and say, buddy, I, we, we both need to go to Jesus. Um, and so, you know, with, with that, um, with my mom's multitude of appointments, um, and then I also work full-time. I work for a nonprofit um, where we uh, come alongside children in foster care. Uh, that in and of itself is hard enough. Uh, post-pandemic um, in a current fentanyl crisis within our own county. Um, the amount of people that we're seeing dying and broken families um, and people just needing Jesus so much, it's such a weight to carry uh, that I'm only able to manage because of the Lord. Um, so that's a, that's a little bit about, you know, kind of what my day-to-day -day looks like um, and, and the, the sleeping piece. Within a week, I probably get about 15 hours total. Um, and so... Um, God is so faithful. So I just want to share a little bit about how faithful he is in the hard. Um, so having a child with exceptional needs has shown me that um, your potential is greater than your weakness because the one that is within us has no weakness. Um, he does his best work through those that come to him humbly admit that, um, but in weakness still try to heed his call. Um, the last several weeks specifically, the Lord's ministered to me um, that Jackson needs more grace, not less. And that's a principle that applies to our entire community and our body. Um, it is only rest in God's presence and grace that can make me joyful and patient and a good parent. Um, and thirdly, I have to be committed to the long-term eternal view um, because change is a process, not an event. And the Lord has shown us his long-suffering. Um, and so it's it's least of me to be able to give that back to my family. Um, one of the other large things that he continues to minister to me and to reveal, um, you know, in the middle of the night when I'm up, it's real easy to want to just be bitter and hateful and meditate on the not good things. And so I offer up to the Lord in those moments, God, help me to give this time for you. Um, and he has. And so one of the things that he's been telling me is that, you know, he's my good shepherd and Jackson's good shepherd. Um, we all share in that. And, um, the last few weeks I've been disoriented, I've been overwhelmed, but the shocking goodness of God is what invigorates me. Um, you know, viewing the world through the lens of suffering is the soil that, um, in my experience, God so often uses to sanctify us and to bring us into the, the places that he has for us. Um, October, this October um, was one full year since I first heard Jackson's words. Uh, children with autism may or may not ever speak, and, and so we waited for a long time and had a lot of unsurety, a lot of fear, gave me a lot of opportunity to go to the Lord. Um, and so one year ago, he said, I love you for the first time. And today he probably has 20 phrases and over 300 words. Uh, and that is, a, to me, that's a miracle. That That's just God's present goodness in his life. Um, my mom's prognosis on her cancer to me is phenomenal. You know, even if the Lord doesn't fully heal her, he has already healed her. To see her depending on him, growing closer to him, and being plugged in with a body here. Um, you know, she moved here from Tennessee and, and didn't have a home church. And so to see her, you know, develop relationships with you all um, and to see her being sanctified is is so good. Um, uh, the fourth or fifth thing, I, I don't even know what number I'm on, so forgive me. Um, God's timing is rarely predictable, but his promises are always dependable. Um, and so often um, I look to this verse, uh, Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains may be moved into the heart of the sea. And so to me, that reminds me that rather than removing us from trouble, that God promises to be a present help in that trouble. Um, he's our refuge, even when everything around us is in flux and the mountains may be crumbling. God is our fixed point of security. And he's our strength. When we are weak, it's his strength that sustains us. Um, I think we live in a time in our culture that regardless of if you have these hardships in your life personally, that you can look around and find enough to be fearful of. And so I um, just praise him that we have his promise, that we have the future hope of the eternal glory that he's preparing for us. Um, through sickness and schedule difficulties and um, even a chewed up study Bible in the last few weeks, 
Um, I've been reminded that the wilderness is not the end of the story, um, that just as God was faithful to bring his chosen people and nation into the promised land, that he has a remarkable plan for us and we can trust him to bring us into that eternal glory. Um, so often when I'm worn out and all I see is weakness, I've been praying for the, that I would see Jesus, that I would actively be able to, in that weakness, see our Savior. Um, and so some of the things that I, I try to meditate on and do in those moments when I can't do anything else is um, I repent of my sin and I allow the blood of Jesus to cleanse my heart. That is, that's that production of that peace that truly surpasses all understanding. Um, I guard my mouth and I follow through on the words that I speak. I hold up testimonies of God's past provision and hold tightly to his promises, just like we're here doing today. Um, and then I confidently claim, you know, and surround myself with, with my brothers and sisters, with people that I know have the same hope and are going through the same trials. Um, and I determined to persevere through the desert because of the anticipation of the city that's to come. Um, and I read and I pray Hebrews 13, 14. Um, another verse that the Lord has been ministering to me. Um, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him for his eyes are on the righteous. Um, so growing in Christ likeness, you know, each of these moments is an opportunity that we have to glorify the gospel and Christ's completed work on the cross. Um, I, you know, I've, we live in such a time that we have um, so many comforts that sometimes it's hard for us to reach deep past those things. And so as I was praying about um, this testimony and for everyone, you know, that the spirit would just move mightily, um, I, you know, I, I had uh, John 10, 10 come to mind um, in which Jesus promises to give us an abundant life. And I, I started thinking about the testimonies that we see that we have, you know, within the Bible. And, um, you know, I, I was brought to John the Baptist and Paul who were imprisoned and beheaded, Stephen who was stoned and um, Peter who was crucified. And did these men have abundant lives? Absolutely. Um, you know, Jesus promised that abundant life, but not an abundant lifestyle. And so it's a good reminder that the thief comes to only kill and steal and destroy. Um, but Jesus came so that we may have life abundantly. Um, as I was kind of moving through, you know, God reminded me that he will move heaven and earth for his people. Um, as he moved the shadow back 10 steps as a sign to Hezekiah when he was healed by God, God parted the seas to free the people that he loved. God used a well to move Jonah's heart um, to share his warning with the Ninevites. God spoke through a burning bush to send his servant Moses to rescue his people. And God even made a donkey speak in defense of his people. Um, God is not confined in his ability to save. He doesn't have the limitations of our doctors or of Google or of the things that we so often maybe run to instead of running towards our good father. Um, and just to kind of sum it up, um, I want to just remind everybody that God not only keeps the entire universe in fixed order, but he knows you, he sees you, he's numbered your days, and he cares for you. And his steadfast love is forever, and that is a great hope that we have that we can cling to while we're here. Amen. Let me pray for you before you... Lord, I just thank you for my sister, and, and I was so encouraged just in her words, Father, and her her just hope that she displays in, in that sure expectation and confidence in you and your goodness amidst the struggles that she's enduring, Father. And Lord, uh, I just, I, I, I thank you for that. Um, I know that she, she trusts you, Lord, completely, but I, I just ask for sleep. <laughs> I ask for that precious boy to be able to sleep because I know he's probably running ragged seeing his energy. So I pray, Lord, that for sleep for him, sleep for his family, Father. I, I pray for uh, Nikisha in, in the midst of the darkness in this world, which we all see that's not hidden, that she can be a bright light since she's so such an intricate part into the community, especially in involving being involved with families. With, with just sin in them, Lord, and, and, and the horrible repercussions that that leads to for kids. Um, uh, Lord, I just pray that you would anoint her to be a witness in that atmosphere and bring the hope of Jesus to those homes so that they can be healed by you because that is the answer that they need, Lord. And uh, Father, may we just be encouraged by her hope and have that same hope in whatever it is that we go through in this life as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. 
So I only have like 30 more names to go through. Um, actually, no, there, there are tons more names and I really encourage you guys, this is so important because hopefully you've been encouraged today to take the time to go through those names because each one of them displays, like I said, these attributes of God that he wants us to know about him, to draw us close and to look to him to be those things so we can see him happen in our life. And something that I think is interesting to note though, when you, when you go through these names, these specific names of God, that reveals attributes, you either see that people are using them in a sense, they're calling out to God with this name that reveals an attribute because there's something going on in their life that they need him to to be, or you see God revealing himself by a name that he knows those people need him to be in their life. And I believe that that wasn't just for that time. The Lord still does that today. He reminds us of these names to reveal himself to us so that he shows us specifically, maybe even some of the names you heard today, this is what you need to look to me as in your life. Or maybe you need to call out to him in response to that and like, this is who I need you to be in my life. In fact, I think it's interesting that when Moses asks the Lord, when God comes to him and says, hey, I'm gonna use you to lead my people out from bondage in in slavery with the Egyptians, God's response to Moses when he says, well, what should I tell the people your name is? It says in Exodus 3, 13 through 14, uh, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? And God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Or basically, I will be what I will be. Say this to the people of Israel, Israel I am has sent me to you. And that name I am uh, is tied to the name Jehovah because it carries the same meaning of the becoming one or that God is constantly revealing or making himself known to us and becomes whatever it is we need him to be in life. We need him to be everything to us and he is willing to become that. And that name I am is also directly tied to Jesus Christ. Because when the Pharisees asked him who he was in John 8, 58, he says, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. And Jesus was the one that came to fill in the blank after I am and telling us many places throughout scripture just exactly who he wants to be for you in life. When you are in darkness and you just don't know what to do, Jesus tells you in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When you're hungry and you're thirsty and you just can't seem to be satisfied or find contentment in anything in this world, Jesus says in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. When you're in a battle and you feel defenseless, Jesus tells you in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. If you want to know God personally, Jesus tells you in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus is the becoming one, and he's always there to become whatever it is we need. So to conclude today, what I want you to just think about as we sing this last song is what is it that you need Jesus to be in your life? Maybe through one of the words that was spoken today, one of the testimonies, God is whispering to you right now, you need to look to me to be this. That name I am is basically an invitation for you to fill in the blank. It announces God is announcing to you, I am here. I am available. I want to come into your life to be this thing. And all you have to do is respond and invite him in to do that. And when you do, you will taste and see that he is good and it will well up a heart of thankfulness in your life. Amen? Amen. So we're gonna end the service by doing just that, praising the Lord. And I encourage you guys, If the Lord is ministering you and something you need him to be, be honest with him and call out to him and ask him to come into your life and be that thing.
All our praise does belong to you, Lord, and we call on you. We call on the name of Jehovah to be everything for us, Lord. Forgive us when we look to other places or other people, Lord, because even if they meet some need, they cannot meet our needs as great as you. You have shown that time and time again. And during this season of of Thanksgiving, Lord, we thank you for giving us even more reasons today to make sure our thanks is directed towards you, Lord. May we go from here. May we go and as we gather with our families and friends, may we continue to tell all of the great stories, all the great testimonies of our great God and what he's done for us, how he's given us reason after reason to be thankful how he will continue to give us reason after reason for more thanks for all eternity, Lord. We just thank you. And all God's people said, amen. Amen.